the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a ring of truth that is unmistakable. Knowing that you cannot find them all. And if you listen carefully, and sometimes even if you don't, you can hear that sound. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. And just like the people of Judah, we we can give that devotion and that passion to something else or someone else other than God. We can invest those things uh, into something that uh, doesn't deserve that devotion. Uh, We should invest in the Lord. We should invest uh, that devotion and passion in our relationship with God, not in something that we shouldn't invest it in, but only with the Lord. Our world is full of distractions. Whether the distractions are TV and video games or alcohol and drugs, there are many things that can take our focus away from the Lord. And in today's message, Pastor Dan will encourage you to take a close look at your life and what you choose to devote your time to. Are the things that you spend the most time on honoring to God? Do they serve God or advance in the kingdom? If not, it's time to take stock of what you're going to spend your time on in this life. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. And uh, we're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 8. Well, chapter 8 continues uh, the description of the devastation that will come upon Judah and Jerusalem at the hands of the Babylonians. Uh, that we started last time in chapter 7. Uh, remember, there's no, uh, the, the, the chapter breaks, the, the verses uh, are not part of the, the original text. They were added uh, for us, uh, for our convenience. Uh, so chapter 7 just continues into chapter 8. It's just one continuous thought. Uh, if you look back in chapter 7 at verse 28, Uh, There the Lord says, uh, so you shall say to them, this is a nation that does not obey the voice of the Lord their God, nor receive correction. Truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth. Uh, So the the, the people of Judah, uh, they do not obey the word of the Lord. Uh, They don't receive correction. They refuse to turn back to God. They refuse to repent. They refuse to turn away from their sin, uh, and so they will experience God's judgment. And God has been warning them over and over and over that if they, if they continue down this path, judgment will come. Repentance is necessary. Repentance is necessary for salvation. Uh, you know, the Bible says that we all sin. Uh, We all fall short. We've all rebelled against God's commands and God's authority in different ways. 
And unless we repent, unless we turn from that and turn back to God and put our faith in Jesus Christ, we will face God's judgment. And God warns us throughout the scriptures uh, of the consequence of being unrepentant. Uh, In chapter 7 and 8, God describes this judgment that will come upon Judah, again, at the hands of the Babylonians. Uh, The last verse of chapter 7, at the end of the verse, it says, For the land shall be desolate. And then it continues with this description in chapter 8, verse 1. We just pick it up mid-thought. At that time, says the Lord, they, and that they there is the Babylonians, they shall bring out the bones of the kings of Judah and the bones of its princes and the bones of the priests and the bones of the prophets and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem out of the graves. They shall spread them, the bones, before the sun and the moon and all the host of heaven, which they have loved and which they have served, after which they have walked, which they have sought, and which they have worshipped. They shall not be gathered nor buried. They shall be like refuse on the face of the earth. It's telling us here that as part of the judgment that, that Judah and Jerusalem will experience, when the Babylonians come in and conquer the land, the Babylonians will dig up the graves of the people of Jerusalem. We're told in verse 1, from the kings all the way down to the the common people. And they will spread the bones of the people over all the land. Verse 2 says, uh, at the end of the verse, they shall be like refuse on the face of the earth or like manure spread over the face of the earth. It's a very graphic description that the Lord is using here of what will happen. Now, now why did they do this? Why did... uh, Why did the Babylonians or other nations that when they would conquer a nation, why did they dig up the bones of the people they conquered and spread them out like this over the land? Well, there were a couple reasons. First of all, uh, the kings and the nobles were usually buried with riches, treasures. And so one reason they would dig up the graves of the kings was to loot the graves of the kings. That's one reason. But as you see here in the description, they're not just going to dig up the graves of the kings, they're going to dig up the, everybody's grave in Jerusalem. They're going to dig up every grave in Jerusalem, from the kings down to the other, you know, regular people. So the second reason and the primary reason that they would dig up the remains of the people was to erase the history of that nation, to erase the history of that nation, to just purge the land of of any history uh, so that it would be as if the nation never existed. There would be no evidence of the nation uh, existing. And digging up the graves of conquered people is something that has been practiced by mankind throughout human history, uh, even to this present day. Uh, for example, in, uh, in Iraq, uh, the areas that were controlled by ISIS, uh, once ISIS was conquered or driven out, the people of Iraq living in those areas 
uh, they went back into their villages, back into their towns. They blew up the homes of the leaders of ISIS. They blew up the buildings that belonged to ISIS. But they also dug up the graves of the people that were members of ISIS. And they desecrated the graves. They desecrated the remains and the bodies of ISIS members so that there would be no trace of ISIS, no history, nothing, nothing that people could point to, no physical evidence of ISIS ever being in their, their land. The idea was to just eradicate uh, any evidence of ISIS in the land. So even today, this is still happening uh, in the world. It's, it's just kind of a common practice uh, in wartime and after conquering a land. Uh, the Babylonians did it. What the Babylonians would do when they came in and they conquered a land, they would deport the people from their homeland. They would remove them. They would repopulate them somewhere else in the empire. Uh, and then they would destroy the buildings, including the temple. They're going to destroy the temple in Jerusalem. Any buildings. They would uh, destroy the graves. They would dig up the bodies desecrate the bodies, destroy the graves, and then the Babylonians would uh, bring in people from another land that they've conquered and from a foreign land and repopulate the land with these foreigners. Again, the, the idea behind it is just to erase history. No, nobody, nobody is connected to their homeland anymore because they're all moved around. Uh, there's, there's no physical evidence of any other nation being there because they've destroyed all of the evidence. Uh, that's what Babylon, the Babylon would do when they would conquer. And that's what it's describing here in verses 1 and 2 with them digging up the graves. Notice in verse 2, the bones of the people shall be spread, it says, before the sun, the moon, and all the host of heaven. It says, which they loved and which they served, after which they have walked, which they have sought, and which they have worshipped. Uh, the people of Judah, they turned away from the Lord, but they didn't become atheists. Uh, they didn't turn away from the Lord and then just, you know, we're not worshiping anything. You know, we're just secular now. They turned away from worshiping the Lord and began to worship all kinds of other gods. Uh, with, with, the, with the passion that they should have had for the Lord. Uh, it says here they worship the whole host of heaven, the sun, the moon, the stars. It says they, they loved, they served, they walked, they sought, and they worshipped all of these other gods. The, those are the very things that the Lord God wanted, and they gave it to other gods. You know, verse 2 is a great picture of what God desires from us. He desires for us to love him, to serve him, to walk with him, to seek him, and to worship him. And just like the people of Judah, we, we can give that devotion and that passion to something else or someone else other than God. We can invest those things uh, into something that uh, doesn't deserve that devotion. Uh, we should invest in the Lord. We should invest uh, that devotion and passion in our relationship with God, not in something that we should invest it in, but only with the Lord. Uh, verse 3, it says, Then death shall be chosen 
rather than life by all the residue or the remnant of those who remain of this evil family, who remain in all the places where I have driven them, says the Lord of hosts. The people who survive the attack of the Babylonians, who live, uh, the Babylonians will carry them away as slaves. And we're told in verse 3, those that survive will wish to die rather than live as slaves in Babylon. They will wish that they were dead. And now coming to verse 4, verse 4, the Lord gives us a, a series of illustrations to, uh, to describe to us the people of Judah. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Moreover, you shall say to them, thus says the Lord. Now watch what he says here. Will they fall and not rise? Will one turn away and not return? So he, gives, he begins to give these illustrations to describe what Judah is doing. And the, the first illustration he gives, he says, you know, if someone falls, if someone slips, they get up. And you, could, you know, it's easy to imagine it, the winter time, it's icy out, you're walking, you know, on, on your driveway, and you slip and you fall. And you immediately get up, right? Or at least you try to get up, <laughs> unless you're injured. But that's, that's just the natural response when you fall down, is to get up. When you slip, to hop back up. And, and, he, and he's describing here, he's describing Judah, and he's saying, they've fallen down, but they're not getting up. And then he goes on now, and he gives the second illustration in verse 4. He, he says, you know, if you, if you turn onto the wrong road, if you make a wrong turn, once you realize you're on the wrong road, what do you do? You turn around. You turn around and you go back, and you get back on the right road. You don't continue down the wrong road once you know you're on the wrong road. You don't just keep going the wrong way. That would be foolish. That would be ridiculous. But he says here, if Judah, Judah has slipped, they've fallen. And instead of getting up, they're just staying down. And he says they're on the wrong road. They know they're on the wrong road and they don't turn around. They just continue on the wrong path. He says in verse 5, Why has this people slidden back Jerusalem in a perpetual backsliding? So we're not talking about just, you know, backsliding once for a moment. They're just in a perpetual backsliding. They're just continually going backwards, going away from the Lord. They hold fast to deceit, and they refuse to return. 
They're continually backsliding. They, they continue on this self-destructive path and they just refuse to turn around. They know that they're on the wrong path. God has warned them that they're on the wrong path. And yet they just continue on and they refuse to return. The Lord goes on in verse 6 to say, I listened and heard, but they do not speak aright. No man repented of his wickedness, saying, what have I done? You know, just the regret, the remorse over their sin, over their iniquity. What have I done? He says, no one said that. No one has said that. Everyone turned to his own course as the horse rushes into the battle. They are galloping to sin. They turn to their own course. And the Bible tells us that we've all turned to our own course at times. We've all gone astray. We've all gone our own way. Uh, in Isaiah 53, it says, I, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one of us to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. Part of our iniquity is that we've all turned away. We've all gone our own way. All we like sheep have gone astray. And for that reason, God put on Jesus our iniquity. When Jesus was on the cross, all of our sin was laid upon him so that we could be forgiven and reconciled to God. Now in verse 7, he gives another illustration. Even the stork... In the heavens, knows her appointed times, and the turtle dove, the swift, and the swallow, they observe the time of their coming. But my people do not know the judgment of the Lord. Now, this, this illustration, I think, is pretty cool. And it's pretty cool because it uses the migratory patterns of birds as an illustration. And you might think, well, why is that cool? Well, in Israel, in the land of Israel, billions of birds, billions with a B. I'm sorry, hundreds of millions of birds, almost a billion. <laughs> I kind of like really exaggerated it there. Um, no, almost a billion birds migrate through the land of Israel every year. Hundreds of species of birds by the hundreds of millions pass through the land of Israel. If you think about a map of the Middle East, uh, birds from Europe, Asia, Africa, the only land bridge between those continents is over the land of Israel. And so birds migrating from Africa, Europe, Asia, they pass through the land of Israel. Uh, in fact, the migration through Israel has been called the eighth wonder of the world. And I think it's cool here that God uses an illustration uh, using something that is a, a yearly event in Israel. It's a big event in Israel. It's something that the people of Judah were very, very familiar with. Uh, they were very familiar with the migratory patterns of birds because they passed through the land of Israel every year. He mentions storks specifically in verse 7. And get this. All of the population of storks in Europe and Asia stop in Israel during their migration. All of the storks in Europe and Asia migrate through the land of Israel. 
uh, two years ago when we had a group in Israel. Uh, we were there in September, uh, and it was the time of year when the storks migrated. And we saw, you know, flocks of storks uh, in the northern part of the country near the, north, near the Galilee. We read this verse out of Jeremiah uh, and talked about the storks and what Jeremiah says about the storks. And what the Lord says here in verse 7, he says, you know, the, the birds know when it's time for them to migrate. They know when it's time for them to turn around and return home, and they do. Birds are smart enough to turn around and go back home when it's time to go back home. But not my people. Not my people. My people are, are dumber than birds. You know, they won't, they won't turn around. They won't go back even though it's time. He goes on in verse 8. How can you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? Look, the false pen of the scribes certainly works falsehood. He talks, you know, they, they had this confidence. Hey, we, we've got the law of the Lord, but they were listening to false teachers. The wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken. Now look at verse 9, the end of it. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom do they have? What a great question. What a great point that the Lord makes here. They have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom do they have? Well, if they've rejected the word of the Lord, they've rejected God's word. The only wisdom they have left is the wisdom of the world. Because you've got the wisdom of God and you've got the wisdom of the world. They have rejected the wisdom of God, the word of God. So all that they're left with now is the wisdom of the world. First Corinthians 319, it says the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. What the world says is wise to do. God says it's foolish to do. God says it's foolish. In James chapter three, it says, listen to this, the wisdom of the world is motivated by jealousy, bitterness, and selfish ambition. And the wisdom of the world results in confusion and evil of every kind. Isn't that true? The wisdom of the world, it's motivated by jealousy, bitterness, and selfish ambition. What the world tells you to do is do what's right for you. Do what's best for you. you know, do what will benefit you the most. You've got to look out for number one. That's the wisdom of the world. It's, it's, it's selfishly ambitious. And it's bitter. And it results in just confusion. It leaves just confusion in its wake. And it produces evil of every kind. And that, that's what you have when you reject the wisdom of the word of God. You're left with the wisdom of this world. And that's just going to leave you confused uh, and, and, and with evil. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 6, the Lord says to Israel, listen to this, Be careful to observe my commands, for this is your wisdom and your understanding. 
We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Jeremiah. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Dan, please visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy. And between work, school, family, and all of our other obligations, it's hard to find time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth on iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. When you call, please feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart. We'd be happy to pray with and for you. We also appreciate your prayers for this radio ministry. Please tune in next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. It's true.